Hello, and welcome to the Southern Surf Stompcast, where we feature the best surf, instro, and beyond that the South has to offer. I'm your host, Chad Shivers. They say everything is bigger in Texas, and when it comes to surf and instrumental music, that's definitely the case. In this two-part episode, we're going to put the spotlight on music from the Lone Star State, and later in the show, we'll hear an interview with Ernest Hernandez of San Antonio's King Pelican. We'll start off with some new music from Austin's Thunder Chiefs and their song, Crystal Peach.
We started the show with one of the songs off the Thunder Chief's new 7-inch, Crystal Beach, and followed up with some older tunes, Bobby Fuller 4 with KRLA Top Eliminator, The Stringalongs Wheels, and Big Guitars from Texas's Chainsaw. Up next, we're going to pay tribute to a staple in the Texas surf scene, Ted James from D-Betty Records, which has been releasing and distributing quality music since the mid-90s. Here's Ted with his band The Nematodes and their track Five Guns West.
last track was Dead Cat Bounce by The Spoils, whose member Caleb Asplund works along with Ted to put on the incredible Second Saturday Surf Shows at the Nomad in Austin. Before that was Biller and Horton with Deep Eddie, Ted's former group Squid Vicious with Backburner, and of course his current group, the Nematodes, with Five Guns West. Up next, we'll hear the legendary Three Balls of Fire with Ulaanbaatar. But first, a word from Bob Walk of the Surf King Surfway. Hey, this is Bob with the Surf King Surfwear coming to you from the Southern Surf Stomp podcast. Check out our shirts and other items online at thesurfkingstore.com.
There was the Mag 7 with Trim. Prior to that was Insomnitron by Bat City Surfers, Cheetah Violenta by The Baffles, and we began with Three Balls of Fire Ulan Bator. And now, here's my interview with King Pelican's Ernest Hernandez. Hey Ernest, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Could you describe King Pelican's sound to our listeners? The sound of the band definitely has a very traditional feel to it. I'm a big fan of that time period of the 60s that Surf was basically enjoying its, its heyday. There's a lot of things that are in motion at that particular time that really excite me about that period. I think overall there's this, this feeling of optimism and hope that springs forward that um, really attracts me. I am just outside of the time period that that actually happened from, you know, when I was born in my childhood. Right. But I, I know we have a very, uh, I think we have a very traditional approach to how we uh, write and arrange and perform music. But yet I've been told by a number of people that we have a very distinct Southwestern type of sound or possibly Texas type of sound. I don't really hear it, hmm. but it's, it's like, you know, you don't hear your own accent from the region you're from. I, right. suppose. I, I know that I'm influenced by my environment. You know, I'm a South Texas boy born and raised in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm very tuned into a lot of music from this region or from this area. A lot of Mexican music, a lot of Mexican American music, a lot of Spanish music, but it's not like, it's not something that I consciously wove into the fabric of what Pelican was going to do, but I, I, it's safe to say that it's, it's there in one form or another, you know, possibly in, in a nuanced type of way. I'm trying to respect the tradition that we're playing surf in. I want to bring something new to the table and how people respond to it, interpret it, and, and feel about it. As long as they feel good and they like it and they're having fun with it, that's all that matters to me. Right. And I definitely think that sets you apart from maybe some of the other groups in the region. Because there's, I mean, God, there's a ton of groups in Texas right now playing surf or instrumental or, you know, in the family. Yeah. There's a lot of really powerful and really good groups. There's a certain network of folks that I... I've had the privilege of getting with in the past year or a couple of years that I feel are kind of the trendsetters, the pioneers, folks that have done a lot, you know, with uh, surf music, instrumental music. It's definitely Three Balls of Fire. We've been doing it for a long time. Anybody and everybody involved with the Thunder Chiefs definitely um, are, you know, important to me. Mm-hmm. I think that before the Thunder Chiefs of Surf Inks and Death Valley were just two great instrumental and surf bands from Texas. Oh, yeah. Two bands we work with a lot that I'm a big fan of are the Dell Vipers. I think absolutely have an absolutely awesome sound. And we're doing a show with them at the end of May here in San Antonio. We're bringing them down to San Antonio from Austin. Mm-hmm. And I, what I like about what Ross does and what the band does is they've got this great interpretation of the leaky music. You know, you don't, oh, yeah. it's not overt, but it's, it's there. They're playing Black Sand Beach. They're playing L.A. And the, what they bring to that is just amazing and just awesome. The other band that we've been lucky to do a lot of gigs with are Boss Jaguars out of Austin again. Oh, yeah. Um, 
They originally started as the Mighty Land Shark, but had some problems, I think, with the name. Certain beer company might have, not have liked that. Ah. But uh, a very trad band, very traditionally steep, and they're writing some great songs. And, you know, we did uh, Second Saturday of Surf, the Nomad, last month with the Boss Jaguars. And, Chad, they were on fire. They're, they're just playing great. And we got to see the um, Del Vipers earlier in the day at a different venue for the same type of event. The, the Surf by uh, Surf East event? Surf by Surf East yeah. event. And they were just on fire. What led you personally to instrumental surf, and how did you guys come about? For me, it was guitar music. I've been involved with playing in bands and playing the guitar for all of my, uh, all of my adult life and a good portion of my teenage years. And I like writing songs. I like really good guitar-based type of music. Just something about what was happening in the 60s in regards to tonality and arrangements and things of that nature. I've always liked a lot. You know, like a lot of folks, I had, early on I had played in a couple of bands that were out there doing, you know, writing music and trying to do something that was of the day. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking like the early 90s, mid-90s. Sure. And then I got into the whole Roots movement like a lot of folks did, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of my players did. I started dis- discovering some really good guitar music. And we're talking about songs that are guitars featured as a melody instrument, featured as a harmony mu- instrument. The guitar players are actually doing pretty nice arrangements mm-hmm. on their charts that they're playing. So we're talking, you know, on the high end of the scale, like a West Montgomery, on a accessible end of the scale, like a Mickey Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had had the fortune to play with another guitar player in a rockabilly band. And we had always threatened to do a surf band. Mm-hmm. We always thought it'd be a great idea to bust out. Cause you know, we're in Texas. We're like two hours away from the coast over here. Mm-hmm. We have horrible surfing conditions. Right. You know, in fact, it's better for skimboarding than anything else, yeah. you know, but we have a lot of sunshine and we have a lot of water. We have a lot of beer. <laughs> right. So all these things kind of come into play with it. And we started the band, and at that particular time, I was really into being a family man because I have a wonderful wife and two sons, and my sons were young, and we were watching a lot of SpongeBob SquarePants because mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty new at that time, and I noticed they were playing quite a bit of surf music on it. Oh, yeah. And so I started the band kind of with the idea of, hey, let's have some fun. Let's go out and pick some, you know, let's, let's work over the classics, the songs that everybody knows, mm-hmm. uh, Surf Rider, Walk, Don't Run, etc. You know, we started doing that very fam- family-friendly type of gigs. Uh, it was fun. We got on to having a small business model. where So let's make some fun T-shirts for people. T-shirts were selling great. And then in about you know, 2012, I got the bug. Well, before 2012, I started writing for the genre. Mm-hmm. I started you know, coming up with narratives and ideas. Uh, one of our songs, El Gallo, for instance, when I pitched it to the band, I said, okay, this is the television show soundtrack that's based off a movie called El Gallo where the TV producers didn't have the rights for the film score. So we <laughs> had to come up with our own TV score based on the original film score, but different enough that we could get away with it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, that's the most stupidest thing I've ever heard, but <laughs> we get it. That sounds great. Let's do that. So a guy was based on the TV show theme song of a 
show based on a movie. That huh. never happened. Right. You know, but that's the kind of wacky stuff I was throwing at the band. I'd say, hey, visualize this. Let's go with this narrative. We worked it and had a bunch of songs. And then, you know, Chad, I felt like, man, you know, I really want to go with quality more than quantity. I wanted to see if I can't. Anything we put out, I wanted to have a certain standard to it because once I started to write, I felt good about our name. I felt good about what we were doing. And I wanted to try to establish the brand of King Pelican early on. And I wanted it to, you know, mean something to people that would come across it. So I felt the music that we put forward, you know, we could have put out 10 songs really quickly, but I opted to say, no, let's just go with the best five that we've got. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather people really catch on to something than say, you know what, this is great, but this sounds so similar to other stuff I've heard. You know, I, I didn't want that to happen. Right. And it, it, it kind of worked, you know, and it seems like depending on where you're from, we've got certain fans that love Western Satellite. They think that that is just their song. That's the soundtrack of their life. And I mm-hmm. love hearing that. And other folks really like Morocco because it has this certain hook to it or something that they just feel like they really are able to catch on to. I personally like El Gallo because I feel like the arrangement in that is something that I gleaned off of listening to a lot of Burke Bacharach and a lot of Mancini, and I wanted to add those type of chord changes to a bridge to make things happen. Mm-hmm. I wanted a lift to happen. I wanted key changes to happen, you know, that sort of thing. I felt like that song really you know, kind of presented itself to allow that sort of stuff to happen. We got a lot of fans like Toon Stingray because that's a live favorite. People like, you know, we've got this stupid little dance that we've done or move that puts an exclamation point to the song Stingray. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, it's something we can do crowd participation with, so it's, it's fun to do. You guys were originally a four-piece, correct? We were a four-piece. The other guitar player that was in our band was the guy who started the band with. He's a very in-demand guitar player, mm-hmm. and he gets called a lot for a lot of Texas top gigs, a lot of Maripolitan, Americana, Rockabilly, mm-hmm. Country Billy, whatever you call it. And we were just having a hard time aligning our schedules. The Pelicans started to get a little more popular, and we were getting more gigs. He wasn't able to make them because of other commitments. So, you know, we talked about that, you know, we really need some continuity and consistency. I want to carry on as a three-piece. Right. And, you know, we had a, a drummer and a bass player that were very, very good at working trios. I mean, the, at that particular period for the EP, the same, you know, I played with the same drummer, Darren Cooper, since 2009. He's not the original drummer, mm-hmm. but he pretty much is the drummer of King Falcon. Right. And our bass player at that time, too, these two cats were jazzers, man. They, they played in a jazz trio called the Jazz Protagonist. They did some other jazz gigs. And jazz fragments are very much about the whole West Coast jazz scene mm-hmm. and what they do. And so it was great because they were not a one, four, five within section. Right. They were integral into making the music and making it happen. So that gave me the courage to go and move forward as a, as a trio. Okay, so we were doing pretty well as a trio. We really, 2012, when EP came out, we really busted out uh, as a trio, a very strong trio. And then by 2014, we had uh, the other guitar player came back in the fold because of uh, some different alignments he had with some of the the music that other bands he was playing with and the fact Mm -hmm. that he missed playing with us because, well, we started the band. You know, he's a principal originator. And we tried getting him back in, and we were in the process of recording the other five songs that ended up being on Manador Surfer. Mm -hmm. And so I I got him into recording along with us on those songs. 
As it turned out, some other opportunities opened up for him. We talked about it. We discussed it. And we said, you know what? We're looking to travel. We're looking to do some things. And we some festivals coming up. And the trio format works really well for us. It's a small footprint. It's easy for us to fire up quickly. It's easy for us to clear a stage quickly. Traveling, you know, we can manage our gear and rent one vehicle that we need to to travel distances and get things done. I miss having my buddy as the other guitar player because he's phenomenal. Uh, he's responsible really for me playing surf guitar in the first place. I feel like our band is mature enough that we all feel like we have a responsibility to each other and we have a lot of effort and work put into what we've done thus far. And we all want to see it go as far as it can. And sometimes you have to make you know, difficult decisions to be able to do that. That's kind of our case. I think people respond really well to the trio. I kind of know they do because we've been doing it for now for two plus years. There's a certain tightness that happens in a trio that's different than what you get in a quartet or quintet, things of that nature. There's a real reliance on each other. I mean, it's, it's interesting to me how organic it can be playing at a trio. Well, I think I hear that more in you guys, more so than other groups. And it's probably, you know, due to your rhythm section's background. But not to downplay your guitar playing, because a lot of trios, when there's a single guitar, will rely on like more chord and chunky and rhythmic based things, like kind of Manor Astroman esque. Uh, lots of octaves and things like that, but you don't do that. You'll kind of go in between, like on Stingray, you know, you have like that melody line and then you respond with a rhythm, which I think is, is, is really neat. And it's a really brilliant way to, to kind of do that. Well, you hit the nail on the head in that respect. And I appreciate you saying that because that's part of the arranging aspect of it and call and response opportunities. You go back briefly to the quartet, but I always really loved about me playing with the guitar player was that we were always in conversation. We had so much respect for each other that no one ever tried to outdo the other person. We always try to set each other up. So when we do in the trio, I'm kind of setting up the call and response, the conversation opportunities. Stingray is a good example. Both parts, because of the way you just outlined it, Chad, both parts are equally important. You can't have that melody without that rhythm. You can't have the rhythm without the melody. And what's happening in between that is Darren on drums is facilitating, making sure that those transitions happen. We talk a lot about by transitions. How do you get to the A part to the B part? How do you get to the B part to the bridge? How do you get to the bridge to the key change? What's happening dynamic? Have we taken people for a journey in two brief minutes that we feel comfortable with? And it's one of those things we have a lot of fun doing, you know, and mm-hmm. trying to work that out. One other thing I like that King Pelican does that, that I think you do to great effect is you do a lot of quotes. I don't even know if they're intentional. One has like a Batman quote in it. And then the other one has... Yeah, that Stingray has that. Yeah, Stingray, Stingray has, has that. Uh, another one has uh, Out of Limits in it. Rocco uh, has the Out of Limits quote. Yeah, and then there's like um, one of your tunes... It almost feels like uh, Endless Summer a little bit. And then, of course, you know you have like Cricket, which is supposed to be like a Buddy Holly vibe. It's kind of a jazz tradition where you play, pay homage to certain, yeah. you know, certain players and you quote from a song and you pick it up. And I think you know, it's definitely done on purpose. 
you know, I look for opportunities to do that because I think um, it's because you're paying homage. You know, you don't want to come off like, hey, I invented certain music. Right. Uh, no, you did. You know, <laughs> there's a whole set of circumstances that added to it. But I kind of look at what we do musically and wanting to be a trad band. So San Antonio, Texas, South Texas, we have a lot of Mexican food here. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of Mexican food restaurants, and they're all great. They've got great food. So the way I put it to the guys is, okay, so pretend we're opening a Mexican food restaurant in San Antonio, Texas. What's different about your enchiladas that's going to make people want to come to your restaurant than rather than one they're used to going to? Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do with the music. We try to have a menu that's very accessible. And part of it is recognizing tradition. The Out of Limits riff is fantastic. Yeah, it was written by studio musicians. Yeah, it was a Gary Usher type of initiated thing. It was to make a buck. It was for the money. But still, it's important to the canon of music, you know, in that respect. So you guys have a huge year coming up for you. Well, I mean, you've already had some good stuff in May, you guys are not only opening up for Dick Dale for the second time. Is that right? It, it would be the third time. Third yeah. time. Damn. Yeah. But also, you're heading down to Mexico, which is super exciting to me. Did Emilio set that up from Planeta Reverb? Absolutely. Man, yeah. that guy. I love that guy. I do, too. <laughs> so, but let, me, let me tell you something, Chad. It's because of what you're doing in Decatur, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's because of what Ted is doing with Deep Eddie Records and Nematodes and Second, you know, Saturday of Surf in Austin. Mm-hmm. It's because of what Jeff Hansen is doing out on the West Coast. And it's because of what Emilio's doing with his passion in Mexico City. You guys have created a circuit of music. And then you put in, you know, Surfer Joe with what he has in Italy happening and some other shows that are happening in Europe. I mean, for me, my goal for the band is we want to do festivals overseas. We oh, want yeah. to do the festival circuit. And in order to do that, you've got to you've got to pay your dues. You've got to create your resume. You've got to be legit. You've got to have some credibility. You've got to show that you're in it for the long, you know, long haul, not just, yeah, we just started a surf band. It was the greatest thing ever, so here we are. Right. Yeah, it takes a while, as you very well know. I mean, yeah. you've been involved in this for a long time. So you don't know how thrilled I was when I sent you the email asking if you would consider having us on the Southern Surf Stomp, and you responded the way you did. Right. That was fantastic. And I felt like a lot of that had to do with the fact that you knew us from what we did on Second Saturday of Surf Shows at the Nomad in Austin. Totally, yeah. You know, so then I contacted Emilio and asked him, hey, what do you think about us coming down to Mexico City? And he was so generous and so helpful in making that happen. And then, you know, I contacted Jeff and said, hey, you know, what do you think about um, some California shows? Mm-hmm. And he offered up some great stuff for us. It's one city, one step at a time. And I just appreciate that, that folks are responding well to what we're offering and giving us the opportunity to go out and play. Well, thanks, Ernest. Yeah, it was good talking to you. Have right. a good night. How you too. Bye.
We closed out that last set with the Dead Sea and Water Moccasin. Before that, we heard the Boss Jaguars, CNB Scene, the Mighty Landshark with Devil's Drag Strip, Los Super Avengers with Diablo Del Mar, as well as Stingray and El Gallo, both by King Pelican. Before moving on to the next set, here's a message from another of our amazing sponsors. For 50 years of surf music and instrumental rock, check out the Longboard Show on the radio Tuesday nights at 9 on WREK Atlanta 91.1 FM or via webcast WREK.org slash longboards.
Armstrong with Can't Be Still. An additional track from the Reverend Horney before that with Victory Lap. Also in that set, we heard Don Leedy with Bulldog and Boogie. And his former group, the Tailgaters, with the classic piece Tico Tico by Brazilian composer Zacchino Diabrio. We begin with another Latin style number, Hermanos Alu by Taisco Del Rey. Now let's kick off this last set with Batra vs. the Cosmos by the Murgatroids.
That final number was A Most Excellent Flying Death from Houston's Clouseau. Before that, The Del Viper's The Angry Man, Goldblum with Legion of Gloom, and The Murgatroyd's Batcher vs. the Cosmos. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Southern Surf Stompcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If so, please recommend it to a friend, leave us a review on iTunes. You can check us out online at southernsurfstomp.com, Facebook, or Twitter at South Surf Stomp. Feel free to contact us with any questions, comments, feedback, submissions, or requests at info at southernsurfstomp.com. Also be sure to tune in to surfrockradio.com, where you can hear us every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks to Ernest Hernandez from King Pelican, and our sponsors, the Surf King Surfwear, the Longboard Show on WREK.org, and of course the Penetrators, for letting us use the Southern Surf Syndicate theme as our intro and outro music. We hope you join us again for the next Southern Surf Stompcast.